Al Jazeera podcast. A new classroom ban in France on clothing defined by the state as religious. The government says it's to defend the country's strict secularism. Muslims believe it's a targeted attack on fundamental freedoms. Why is the issue so contentious, both for and against? I'm Fully Batibo, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. Well, let's bring in our guest for today's Inside Story. Lubna Regig is the national president of the Muslim Students of France group. She joins us from Roubaix. In the French port of Saint-Malo is Jacques Roland, his senior research fellow at the Global Policy Institute. And in London is Rainbow Murray. She's professor of politics at Queen Mary University of London. A warm welcome to you all. Thank you very much for joining us. Lubna, let me start with you. The French education minister, Gabriel Attal, says the abaya has no place in our schools. What do you respond? Uh, firstly, thank you very much. Uh, firstly, to really grasp the sense of this controversy, a few images needs to be given. Uh, for the past 20 years, there was a constant pressure on Muslim women to believe their bodies and how uh, and what they decide to show of it. So as it was shown, it was headscarf, then bikinis, then uh, bandanas, and now it's long dresses. So let's use this word, it's about long dresses. Because when you look on the ground, uh, what is stopped is long dresses, long coats, long skirts. Uh, it's not really about abaya. Abaya is one word that is used to uh, talk about all these things. And that actually shows how uh, it's actually not about secularism. Because behind a buyer, what is an abaya? Anyone who looks on the internet can see that an abaya is just a cultural garment from the Middle East. So it's not a religious garment. So when Gabriel Attal, as you said, uh, say that abaya has no place uh, in schools, what is he really talking about? Is he talking about uh, just a fashion statement, just a dress? Are dress not allowed in schools? Or is he talking about something religious? And again, it's not the case. So I think it would be great, and I emphasize on that, that what we are talking about right now is not about religious government in schools. It's mm. about controlling Muslim women attire. All right. Jacques Roland, let me come to you. You are in favor of this ban, I understand. Why? Why? Because for the same reason as the ban on the headscarf in 2004, uh, which it's... Uh, to respect the law of security in France, which states a clear separation between uh, religion and the state. And it's, as we know, you have to put, to understand, because I know many people in the world, uh, I have friends in, America, in England and elsewhere, don't understand the French attitude to uh, the band or attitude to uh, religious symbols in schools. It's because at the base, France is a political construct based on the principles of liberté, égalité, fraternité. France is not an ethnic concept, not a religious concept. And the French Republic was established, at, was established as a result of a fight against religion. Another the principle that the law of the people is more important than the law of God. It's at the core of the French identity, mm. and the school is there 
seen as the church of the republic. The republic, the principles of the republic are a kind of religion, and the school, it's its church. And right. in its church, you have to respect certain rules, such as laicity. So I, I understand the fact that some people say that the abaya, yes, the abaya is not initially a uh, religious garment, but the fact that he's worn yeah, how, how does it exactly violate how, how does the abaya exactly violate the secular rules of France? Because it has acquired a religious dimension. It's not initially a religious dress. It's Even the, the Muslim Council says it's not a religious dress, but it has acquired a religious dimension because it is worn exclusively or most exclusively by uh, young Muslim girls, and it is seen. But who again, defines? As a who defines? Isn't it? Isn't it the role of religious authorities? to define whether a garment uh, represents a religion or not. Here, in this case, the Mus Muslim Council, as you say, has said that uh, the abaya uh, is tied to Arab culture, but is not is misrepresented uh, as a, a Muslim religious sign, that it isn't, in fact, a Muslim religious sign. So who decides what's a religious but sign the and Muslims what isn't? Themselves, because they see, they, they see it as an attack on Islam and Muslim women. Hmm. So that, okay. that's let me ask Lubna for her thoughts before I bring before I bring Rainbow into the conversation. Lubna, your thoughts. Just respond to what Jack has just said before I bring in Rainbow to the conversation. I find that super funny. I think he never talked to any Muslim woman because as a woman, I never saw abaya as an as an Islamic statement or as a religious uh, garment as I never worn it. So thinking that we see it as an attack to Islam is false. What we see is an attack on Muslim women, on Muslim girls, so 14, 15, 16 years old girls who are told by white men what they have to wear and what they don't have to wear. Women, uh, small um, young girls who are told uh, this dress uh, doesn't show you curves enough, this shirt doesn't show you That's what it's about. That's why we are concerned. It's because mm. it's harassment. I'm sorry, it's traumatizing when a guy come uh, an old man come and with his authority power tell you, you're not coming to school if your shirt is not short enough and I don't see your ass. And that's a testimony it exists. Okay. about Islam? Put it out of the, the conversation. Yeah, I, I think we can't use the A word, but uh, let's, let's try and avoid using it. Uh, Rainbow, let me bring you into the conversation. Uh, France, of course, has been long preoccupied with, with the proper place of religion in public life. Is this new ban, in your view, justified? Does it align with the spirit of secularism, which, as we've heard, is a very sensitive topic in France? I don't think it does. Um, the spirit of secularism was to reinforce French identity and to protect it from external influence, uh, initially for Catholicism, to uh, remove the uh, papal influence from Rome and focus on, on French identity. And since then, it has been used increasingly as a weapon within was to protect French identity from a perceived internal threat of other religions which have taken an increasing hold in France. But as Lumna very fairly said, this is not religious dress. This is a way of imposing yet another restriction on the way that Muslim women are allowed to dress 
which there is a long tradition of in France. It's often quite paternalist. It's sometimes a bit white saviour, uh, but it's always about white men telling Muslim women what they are and aren't allowed to wear. And I don't think this is about secularism anymore. I think it is about culture wars. Jacques Roland, your thoughts. How do you enforce such a ban? How do you ask a school to decide what is an abaya and what is a long dress? That's a good question. And that's why, that's why, uh... Actually, the demand for a ban initially came for headmasters who, in schools who realized that there was a growing number of uh, incidents of that kind, if you can call it incident, of uh, women arriving, where, and mostly Muslim women arriving, wearing these very long garments, which to everyone else seem to have a religious identity, whether it is not an officially religious one, it has a certain religious dimension. You can't deny it, otherwise you would not consider this ban as an attack on Muslims and on Islam. And the number of incidents grew, has been growing the last uh, in the last year, increased by 120%. Okay, it's not a huge number, but the headmasters wanted to have a clear position to be able to decide whether this, uh, this uh, young girl is wearing it as a provocation or whether it is just part of uh, fashion sense uh, for now. The fact that now there will be a law, it will make it easier for head teachers to enforce a ban on that and to promote before a dialogue, asking, the, it's pro, I think the law will specify that, that you will have to have a dialogue and see what the motivation is. But it is quite obvious, you have to be that it is part, you know, the fact that it is a growing trend now. It's not just a fashion trend. It's mm. seen again. And the French are very sensitive to the threat of Islamism and radical Islamism. We've paid a heavy price for radical right. Islamism. And therefore, we but don't want anything which challenges an Islamist challenge to our basic principles. And that's the end of it. Lubna, let me uh, ask you for your reaction to what Jack uh, just said there. And he's right in saying that this ban has been welcomed by some school unions who say there's been an increase in uh, loose-fitting, full-body robes, uh, that, and they can't decide whether these constitute ostentatious religious symbols. What do you respond to that? Uh, firstly, well welcomed by who? I would say right-wing. Uh, secondly, large outfit. I don't think he has Instagram, but look into it. Uh, it's actually the fashion nowadays. Uh, now, he said that it's going to make it easier for headmasters, but I'm sorry, but it's going to make it worse because there are two dangers uh, to this law. First danger is racial profiling because mm. you said, oh, it's the Muslim women who wear it. How do you know they are women? Uh, they are Muslim. How gonna, do you going to know that? Unfortunately, the girls who are arrested, like stopped and harassed, are black, uh, are Arabs, Turkish, Asian. That's the girl that, that we are talking about. So what is this going to make? It's going to make a racial profiling. Who do we perceive as Muslim? Who do we think are Muslim? And then, oh, the dress is not okay on you. But on a white girl, it's going to be okay because she's not Muslim. You, you are. And then the second problem is the door on the law. As you mentioned earlier, it should be the um, religious authority who say what is religious and what is not. But now the government is opening, is opening a door where the government can't say, and it's quite paradoxical from a laic country to decide what is religious and what is not. So this is problematic because on 
on the future in the future what is gonna be is it gonna be uh, i don't know uh, 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 earrings is it gonna be uh, i don't know moroccan slippers why not the tea as well like they're gonna be the one who decide what okay. is religious and what is and it's exactly. crazy Jacques, your response to that. How do you deal with the issue of racial pro profiling, as, as Lubna says, because this would give rise to racial profiling? How do you decide who's a Muslim woman and who's not? And, and, and therefore, how do you address the concerns that the law may be discriminatory against Muslim women? Uh, the law also forbids the wearing of big crosses. The law uh, forbids the wearing of kippahs. Uh, I know there's are religious sides, but this argument that the ayaba is has no religious the dimension mm -hmm. for me is the abaya uh, is for me ill-founded. I think it's uh, is it is the fact as it is worn by Muslim girls and I don't you know I think uh, I don't know any other cases and there's no problem in school we don't you know uh, abaya is a very light garment you can wear it in the streets no problem you can put it in your school bag it doesn't take much space you during, when you're at school you can take it off and show your other other clothing and then when you come out of school you put it back on no problem. We, it's just in school. It has, I'm afraid, in spite of what uh, uh, Lubna was saying, it has a religious dimension, or it has acquired a religious and a politically religious dimension. I would say more than religious dimension. It has acquired a political dimension. Uh, it, it has become a way to kind of again uh, challenge by radical Islam mm. on the basic principles of I the don't know French okay. Republic. Okay, uh, Rainbow, France, I, I see you. I see you there, uh, shaking your head, and, and so I want to bring you back into the conversation. Jacques says the Abaya has acquired a political religious dimension. I think that's paranoia. I think it's a dress choice, um, and I think that there's a lot of men telling women what they can and can't wear and i think it's a little egregious actually to oblige a woman to undress to remove clothing that she feels safe and comfortable in especially in a context of uh sexual harassment which is a real issue in france um i'm not surprised that some people prefer to dress more, more modestly and um are we going to say to non-Muslim women now that they also can't wear a dress beyond a certain length or a skirt beyond a certain length? Because this isn't a religious symbol, it's a garment. Right. Um, and so where do you draw the line? Right. And Jacques uh, Rainbow also mentioned the, the, the context, the recent context in France, uh, and he talked about radical Islam and, and the history of the recent attacks and, and so forth in France as perhaps a, a response and a reaction to such laws being enacted. Uh, what, do you, what do you say to that? Uh, you have to take so into is, account. So, we're saying uh, the correct response is, is, to, is to make women wear less. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. How how does that address the issue, Jack? How does it address the issue of what no, you described I'm as radical you Islam? Are, you were talking about the political context, and you have to take into account the political context. I live in France. I watch the television, and I see how the right wing, the far right, the National Front, and the hard wing of the Republicans have been debating this issue for weeks. You have debates on mm. CNews and other channels, and it is a challenge to the government. And don't forget that in so Europe... So is the government then doing all this, so all this also to appeal to right-wing voters, perhaps, Jacques? 
Yeah, but to cut no, the right-wing voters would like it to be banned in the street, like they wanted to ban the headscarf in the street. They wanted to ban uh, all governments. Well, in France, it's just in the school, and the government is making these principles quite clear. In the street, in university, you wear what you want. But when you are in a school, you have to adopt a certain code of behavior. Uh, in some in uh, British schools, they have uniforms. So that's why some people even are calling for the need for uniforms. And uh, it is made on the principle of equality of all school pupils in the class. You don't okay. want you all let's, the same. Let's allow Lorna to respond. That, there were so many things. I think, firstly, he never saw an abaya because it's just a long dress. And I don't understand why he's like, yeah, you can't put your abaya on your bag or whatever. It's just a long dress. Like, I don't know what is the problem. Uh, secondly, he kept talking about, like, Islamism. It's just like, I'm sorry, but like a ghost that right wing keeps, like, showing around, etc. But there is an another history that France seems to forget and that we should all remember is that from uh, 1935, the French army used as a, as a methodology and... Um, one of his technique and, and tactic to kill the rebellion, Algerian rebellion, what we called unveiling campaigns. So what they did is, because they wanted to hit the Algerian uh, society in their context, they would do campaigns where they unveiled the women. And I think that, unfortunately, even if the, motive, uh, the motives changed and they don't have the same intention anymore, the same tactics keeps, you, uh, keeps leaving. They keep using the women, uh, the, the Muslim women uh, body as a, as a battleground. But I don't know what, mm. to be honest, I don't know what we can answer right. to that. There is like nothing. Rainbow. I would add. I would like to add okay. that in 2004, when the ban on headscarf was pronounced, we had countless debates. Since then, there's been no problem with the headscarf. Everyone has come to accept these principles, and I think it will be the same thing. And this law will bring a certain peace and will allow ed teachers to be able to act in the best interest of their pupils. And Lubna, Jacques says there's been no problem at all since the headscarf law was uh, enacted. No, that's not true, because uh, even I, I went to school, right? Uh, and I still remember the humiliation of uh, having to uh, get rid of my hijab each morning before going to school. So I don't think that uh, it was simple, it was easy. It's still, to this day, hard. And I think, you know what, he's talking about 2004. I think it's interesting that he's... Uh, talking about it because soon it's going to be the uh, 20 years uh, anniversary rather than creating new rules maybe the government should think back on the decision he made maybe he mm. should come back to the law of 1905 uh, the real laicity law that says that the state is separate from the religion and right. that the public not doesn't have to be neutral it's the state yeah. that has to be <laughs> Uh, Rainbow makes an interest. Uh, Rain, uh, Rainbow uh, Lubna makes an interesting point when she says that there are people who say that this concept of laicite, uh, which was created in 1905, uh, is changing. Where once it was more of a guarantee of freedom, freedom of conscience and religion, where the state didn't get involved, and now the state appears to be getting more involved and and telling French citizens the way they should act, the way they should dress and that France is becoming, therefore, more homogenous rather than more diverse.
Yes, um, and in some respects, it's it's almost becoming authoritarian in the way that it's controlling behaviour rather than emancipating people. And this amounts to what I would call a false universalism, that the idea is to put everybody on an equal footing, everyone um, conforming to the French universal citizen. But of course, the French universal citizen is Christian, is white, is male. And so it's not that everyone's being treated the same, it's that everyone is expecting to conform to a single model, which forces some people to stray quite significantly from their own culture while others uh, expect everyone else to assimilate to theirs. And so it's a, a quite a discriminatory model and rather than including groups, it creates a sense of rejection and isolation. Okay, Jacques, are there alternative solutions you think that could address the concerns being raised uh, without infringing on, on individual rights and on Muslim women's rights? Any alternatives? I mean, I don't know. The people were talking here about challenging the the laicity law of 1905. I think that's out of the question. The laicity law is seen by the French as part of our identity, along with our culture and our welfare system and our language. So that one of the four. But has the French the identity and culture not evolved since 1905? And yes, I agree. There's a lot of discrimination in France. There are other uh, problems. Uh, the, our universalist model is not perfect for minorities. It's not economy perfect. It, uh, we can see it as a result of dissatisfaction. There is, there are problems in French society, and we tried under this universalist model to disguise the fact that there is racism and discrimination in our society. True, yes, but there are other ways, other fields to combat it. I think here we were talking about Abaya in school and only in school. And I think the French school, the French school must remain uh, the hotbed, the rock on which uh, the French basic Republican principles are based. It is, as I repeat, our church. You don't go into uh, religious establishments where religious anything. It's the same you know, for French schools. The other problem, France is also racist discrimination. I agree. There are socioeconomic problems which have to be dealt with. And uh, that's the more important. I think making a big meal out of this, uh, this law, which I, I can understand why, uh, is uh, misplaced. The real issue for uh, the young Muslim woman and Muslim man is their integration into society and the economy. And okay. actually, in spite well, of what everyone says, integration is taking place and the situation is improving in spite of it's still not fully satisfactory. And okay. maybe the French model, I know that minorities prefer the English model. They can carry on with the same culture. But France has this tradition of assimilation, which was wrong, and, but integration with France has always been a country of immigration okay. and we've integrated millions of immigrants let's, over the years to work and religion etc. Let's give Lubna but, the final word uh, Jacques if we can because we're almost towards the end of our show here. Uh, Lubna I'll give you the last word. Jacques says this is really a non-issue and that there are other more important more pressing issues like uh, socio-economic issues that should be uh, talked about rather than this issue of bias being banned in, in classrooms. What do you respond? He's saying that because he's not touched by it. It's a, a white male old who is saying, oh, banning the, the uh, controlling how women dress is not a problem. Yes, it's not a problem for you, but it's for me. And he, he said that there is racism and there is discrimination. How do you deal with it? Not by adding more 
by trying to, to maybe communicate with the population, make it easier for them, not by adding more and more discrimination. Because this is just a Pandora box. You're opening it for the dress, you opened it for the, 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 the hijab, now you're going to open it for something else. It, it's never ending. It's always the women body that is that the government, the French government that is trying to dominate, to control. Maybe you should let go. Maybe that's how you're going to find a solution. Thank you so much. We'll leave yep. it there. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you for a great conversation. Lubna Regig, Jacques Roland, Rainbow Murray, thank you for your time. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Cara Legg, Michael Harwood, and Jim Gilchrist. Studio sound was by Aston Goodison. The program was edited by Anil Anandan, Chloe Lee, Khalid Sultan, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Saturday for our next episode. This week on The Take, a coup in Gabon. What does it mean for the country, the region, and its former colonizer, France? That's The Take from Al Jazeera. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.